Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, listeners, new and old, to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hey, Mike, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88 miles per hour. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Nice. Love it. Perfect. Well, everyone, today, Mysterious Mike and I decided we need to watch, or actually you decided, Mike, that we needed to watch a movie that's fun, classic, incredible, amazing, 1980s, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. How else can I describe it? Oh, and time travel. We got to remember the time travel. So for Real Film Nerds episode 172, is that right? Yeah. Yes, that is. Damn, I'm, I'm getting good. I know how to count. So for today, we're kicking off our summer retrospective of Back to the Future with the very first one, Back to the Future from 1985. Mike, uh, do your thing. Give us the rundown, huh? Yeah, yeah. So like Matt said, uh, this is Back to the Future, 1985. It's uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, Thomas F. Wilson. And um, this movie is about Marty McFly, a typical American teenager, of the 80s is accidentally sent back to 1955 in a plutonium-powered DeLorean time machine invented by a slightly mad scientist. During his often hysterical, always amazing trip back in time, Marty must make certain his teenage parents-to-be meet and fall in love so he can get back to the future. Now, I know you didn't write that one, Mike, because that one was really good. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not taking credit for that. Uh, it was on the unofficial sponsor uh, IMDb. Of the Real Film Nerds podcast, IMDb. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, yeah, this, this one is, you know, uh, when it showed up on Netflix, uh, you know, I, I own these movies, and I'm sure you do too. And uh, But when it showed on Netflix, it's like, oh, well, I have to watch it. So I like immediately watched like all three of them back to back as fast as I could, you know, when I found the extra, whatever, six hours it is. <laughs> well, you don't work and so. you don't leave the house and you're, uh, everyone that's like quarantined, like you're legit, like one of those quarantine people. I'm not, I got to keep going out of the house and working and, you know, doing things like that. So I, that's why the quarantine hasn't been so bad for me because I, I just keep working. It's like the same. It's just... Instead of going and uh, editing at an office, I come home and edit. It's the same. But yeah, so you got to power through the Back to the Future trilogy. So, But Mike, that's not how we're doing this. We're talking about the first one this week. We're talking about the second one next week. We're talking about the third one the week after that. So you're going to have to watch them all again. Are you okay with that? Yeah, no, totally okay. I've got to watch them over and over to see if I can pick out any anything new or or you know just enjoy in uh this excellent filmmaking well i was shaming my uh radio sponsor i guess i don't know radio host ish whatever 
the young lady who's uh radio program in Prescott, Arizona, who I am on once a week, I was shaming her this morning when we were recording my segment. She's only seen Back to the Future once, and I think it was probably in and or around the time it came out, and I was shaming her because I watched it twice just last week leading up to do this podcast. Yeah, wow. Well, she's only seen it once, once. just in 1985? And well, I don't know if she saw it in 1985. I mean, I, I assume it was closer to when it came out. But she said that's what she does. She uh, there's so many movies out there in the world. She doesn't want to get tied down watching them more than once. So she watches any movie she sees. She only watches it once. She has a handful she's seen more than once, but not many. And I said, well, Back to the Future needs to be one of your new ones that you watch more than once because you need to watch it again. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I I would. I agree on on that matt that is a travesty and should not be allowed to go on um you know one of the reasons i partly picked this is i know a lot of people have netflix or have access to a passcode and um it it's uh, just a great uh series for us to review so uh and it's it's fun and i know things are so weird right now with everybody locked up. Well, or a lot of people locked up or some people starting work now and then other people freaking out about what they can do, what they can't do. It's, it's real weird out there. All right, Mike, so let's do it. What are your uh, first impressions of your 300th viewing of back to the future? The original. Um, this is going to be one of those very biased reviews. Uh, I've loved this movie since I first saw it. I couldn't tell you exactly when I first saw it. I was trying to remember when I first saw it. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure it was in 1985. I was pretty young, um, so I would say it was somewhere like early 90s when I saw it. I I don't know. I can't remember. Matt, like, do you remember? Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll stop asking you questions. My first impression: it's great. It's just such a good movie. It holds up still really well. The DeLorean's a little funky to look at, but at least it's uh, quite a unique car. <laughs> you know, I don't know when the first time I saw it. It was definitely not in the movie theater. It was probably at home. Probably on TV, most likely. So I don't think my parents owned it. I don't remember. But no, the DeLorean was like one of my favorite parts and still is. I mean, dude, come on. Bright, shiny, stainless steel, polished up. I That was like one of my things. I wanted to own the DeLorean. Like there was someone in Sierra Vista that even owned one. If you, I don't know if you remember. I remember exactly where the guy lived. And I would always like drive by when I was a kid and try and see if the DeLorean was outside or what. I loved it. I loved that car. Nice. It's... It's a unique looking car for sure. And it, it totally is like, I can't imagine the movie not having the DeLorean in it. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a star of the movie as well. Like it's so part of it. I don't know. Dude, I agree wholeheartedly just because it's so unique. And I think probably the DeLorean motor company, I don't know if they were still in business when this movie came out. Cause it was, they did not have a long life. They did not. I think the only car they p- produced was, uh, you know, the one DeLorean vehicle they produced for a couple of years. But uh, I definitely think probably afterwards it uh, skyrocketed in sales. I mean, people still buy and collect them and restore them today because they're just a really ne- unique, cool car. Oh, I th- oh, I'm yeah, pretty no. sure Elon Musk was inspired by them. I mean, had to have been. Oh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. Um, th- yeah, the, 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 uh, the flex capacitor, there's so many good quotes. This movie just has, has it all, man. The, the, the chemistry between Doc Brown and, and, uh, Michael J. Fox is just, is so much fun to watch. It, I mean, I don't know how it was filming, but I mean, they must've had a blast. Oh, dude, Christopher Lloyd is one of my favorite actors, comedic actors. He's he's decent, serious actor, but a comedic actor, he's one of my favorites. He is just absolutely incredible at what he does. He's always been really good. He's a good comedic writer. I just, in the chemistry with him and Michael J. Fox, I don't know how it happened. But I mean, that chemistry in this movie inspired a whole nother huge pop culture show, Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many other films can you think of, other than Star Wars, obviously, that has inspired other creative shows and mediums from one, well, one film series, as this goes? I mean, there's Star Trek, Star Wars, but Trek, I consider a TV show before a film. Back to the Future, there's a handful, but that's it. And Back to the Future is one of the one of the biggest, man. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um yeah, this one's so so much fun. Uh Matt, speaking of, of Star Wars, um Uh-oh. one of the uh uh executive producers in this movie is uh Kathleen Kennedy. Uh how do you feel about that? No comment. Dude, <laughs> she worked on a lot of stuff. Even with George Lucas, that's how she became, you know, the CEO and president and whatever the hell you want to say of Lucasfilm when Disney bought him, you know, and, but, but also there's a much bigger name tied to this, Mike, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Spielberg, and I'm sure he probably overruled anything she decided to try and change. Uh, that's, that's true. Uh, it does say Steven Spielberg presents back to the future. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure he paid for it. I think it's what, what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure of all the story for that, but, uh, yeah, this, this, this is, um, this movie is so great. Um, they did such a good job. Um, it's still so fun to watch uh, all these years later. Of course, we're we're biased, but um, um, I guess Matt. Before we get too far into this, I'm I'm going to ask you what what champagne are you drinking today? <sighs> Damn it, Mike! Of course, you know there's a big advertisement for the beer i am partaking in today right at the end he's pouring it in the flux capacitor you know what what do they call that mr fusion right here yes the champagne of beers miller high life come on you have to yes classic movie uh, beer i um yeah 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 you're you're right it is it is uh in the in the you know it hasn't changed too much the design of the the bottle and stuff um that's how you know it's good yeah, they don't have to change anything. So, all right, Mike, what are you drinking? All right, man, I am drinking a Stone uh, Ipa uh, Delicious uh, IPA. It is a citrusy IPA with lemon drop and El Dorado hops. How many IPAs does Stone put out? Like 20, 30? Um, like a like couple hundred. I don't know. No, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think it varies from year to year. 
um, I don't know. Their core IPAs are probably only two or three. So um, yeah, I know they have. They like, have all these one-offs, like seasonals and stuff. Yeah, Stone has this one seasonal. It's called Coco Vesa. Oh, it's so good, man! It's like Mexican hot chocolate. So good, Mexican hot chocolate. Hmm. Like cinnamony, like hot chocolate. Yeah, it's like cinnamony. It's got some like a little bit of spice uh, in it, and then it's a stout. Oh, it's so good, dude! I'm gonna have to try that. That sounds right up my alley. I'm not a huge fan of cinnamon, but uh, I don't hate it either. I I, I would not mind uh, a little little flavor of that. So. Yeah, it's called Coco Vesa. It comes out around Christmas or winter. Winter. All right, Mike. Well, I guess I'll just ask my question. Might as well get it out of the way. I mean, we've already spoiled this movie. How can you not spoil a 30-year-old plus movie? Because this came out in 85. So that's what? Coming up on 40-year-old movie. Uh, What, 35? 35 years? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that makes me feel old. But um, all right, Mike. Here we go. Here we go. I, I I don't think it would be too difficult to find this one, but I'm sure you had to hunt a little bit. So Mike, how does Back to the Future, the original from 1985, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, thanks for asking, Matt. Um, this one wasn't too hard to find. Uh, the composer, Alan uh, Silvestri, uh, worked on Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Avengers, and Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, dude. Al- Alan Silvestri, as everyone has heard by now, because our intro has already come through. Yes, it's a long one, and I don't care. I'm leaving it in there. I like it. You're going to hear it for the next three weeks. The Back to the Future theme, love it. I mean, iconic. Matt was hating on me, hating on me, because I I said it was a little long. I don't care. It's iconic. We're leaving it in. We're leaving it in, Mike. And that's what she said. we're leaving it in. Or is that what he said? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe? Oh, I don't know. We're both kind of confused. I think it could go either way. Either way. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's dirty. It is dirty. All right, Mike. So uh, there's no point in spoiling it. Let's just continue our discussion. Oh, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, Mike, um, did you know that uh, uh, Marty McFly's dad in this movie is technically younger than him? No, I did not know. Yeah, Crispin Uh, Glover is younger than Michael J. Fox. (laughs) 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 Not by a lot, but like three or four years. Yeah. (laughs) Leah Thompson is the same age, though, as Michael J. Fox. Oh, nice. But uh, I know they put on a lot of makeup for her. Like, it was, like, to age her. They put on a lot of makeup to age everyone. And, you know, being 19, they shot this probably, what, 83, 84 to come out in 85? Yeah. I would say being that time period, the makeup doesn't look bad at all. It looks really pretty good. I mean, some of it on Christopher Lloyd looks pretty rough. But for the most part, aging them young, well, they didn't age them younger. They were just younger. But aging them older for the 80s, I think, was pretty good. I think they did well. Yeah, and it was an interesting strategy to kind of have a younger cast and then make them look older. 
instead of having like an older cast trying to like a lot of movies I think now do like anti or you know de-aging where they're having older people turn to younger but it's all like CG and stuff but for this one they're like oh we don't have any of that stuff so they just did it backwards I mean it worked well I thought yeah I thought it worked out great and I think a lot of the reasons why they do that especially like things like the Irishman is because they want the seasoned actor but I mean they all did a good job you know all of them in my opinion yeah I mean, clearly at the time, Michael J. Fox was the biggest known out of all of them. And they actually kind of shifted around their shootings, the shooting schedule so they could have Michael J. Fox because he was currently doing family ties when this was shot. But Crispin Glover was fairly unknown. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson was fairly unknown. Leah Thompson was fairly unknown. Christopher Lloyd was known, but he's not one of the young kids. I mean, he was younger, but he wasn't like one of the high school kids in this. So, Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, there's my little. There's a little bit of trivia for me. Oh, here's another one. Uh, Mike, um, a really big actor. Well, not so big now anymore. Uh, this was his very first movie ever. It was of his uh, feature film debut. Do you know who that is? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. Billy uh, Zane. Really, Billy Zane was one of uh, Biff's henchmen. His name was Match because he had a match in his mouth the whole time. Wow. That's that's interesting. Yeah, uh, Billy Zane's been in quite a bit. I wouldn't say he's been in as much lately, but um, he's definitely been in tons of movies. Oh, yeah, dude. His biggest role, I would say, is probably Titanic. He was huge in oh, Titanic. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, your turn. I know you looked up a bunch of trivia. Do it. Hit us with some. <laughs> all right man so how, how many times uh was the script rejected oh god a lot that's why they went to steven spielberg i think uh 44 times oh geez that's a lot higher than i thought that's a whole lot higher um this was the highest gro- grossing movie of 1985 um let's see i don't know what else what else should i uh, you know, after the film's release, body kits were made for DeLoreans to make them look like the time machine. Really? I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Damn it. Makes me want a DeLorean even fucking more now. This is terrible. <laughs> it goes, it goes yeah. Dodge Viper, then DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, in December 2007, it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically st- significant. Nice. Yes, so it's immortalized forever in the uh, Library of Congress. Literally forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when this movie was previewed for a test audience, Industrial Light and Magic had not completed the final DeLorean in flight shot. The last several minutes of the movie were previewed in black and white. It didn't matter, as the audience roared in approval of the final scene anyway. Dude, seriously, they had to have, I think the original script had to have been at least one and two, maybe not three, but at least one and two, because it's just, it flows so seamlessly from one into two. Now, now three is a little different. But I don't, they had to have had at least one and two written by the time they filmed the original. Because it just works so well. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. It does. It, you know, the 
it did it did flow in really well uh it's amazing how well and then you know when you well i'm not going to talk about the second one we'll, we'll talk we'll about, talk that, about one that one week. next week okay, yeah Mike. but uh i will say yeah i will say the the first one had you know some product placement stuff in it but the following movies had much more at least the second one had a ton of product placement stuff because i think people were jumping on the bandwagon to be like oh you're gonna make another one well why don't you feature our blah blah product or whatever so there was a lot of stuff in the the second one i don't i mean it's kind of fun to poke fun of some of that stuff like uh well that's that's the second one well We'll okay we could poke fun at some in this like when they're drinking the different sodas they are always drinking pepsi or a pepsi product like even um absolutely his mom in the uh beginning scenes when they're like sitting down to dinner and everything i think outside of like her glass of vodka because i don't think she added anything to it she like holds a mountain dew can like perfect so you can see the label like it's a normal person would not like hold a can you know to where you could see the whole label like uncovered facing yeah, yeah, yeah facing yeah. the camera like it was perfect so and then there's hey. burger king you know burger king was huge in this one it's right next to you know doc brown's place and then uh yeah yeah there was a lot of product placement in this one not as much as two though but there still is quite a bit yeah, uh, but it's it's fine. It's just when you go back and look at it, sometimes you're like, man, they really did kind of throw some things in there. Like if you're not really paying attention or looking for it, you're like, oh, they are really like marketing to us all the time. Sometimes it's just super blatant, like uh, some of those Transformer movies. Oh yeah, where it like just oh god yeah stops. It stops for a while, like at like on the Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> and then like <laughs> like you're like well like uh, why did the action scene just stop for a while <laughs> and then it just keeps going you got you got to pay for the movie somehow i mean all that's you know the bay bangs aren't free mike <laughs> yeah is that what she said yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that bay bangs right. aren't free i like it <laughs> uh yeah um but it's this this movie the the script um biff is such a ridiculous character and so like f- uh, fun like i mean but he was bully and like uh it's interesting to see like he was very characterized bully but it's like and and uh I, th- I think I was going to draw something about how nowadays the, the bullies are s- so much different in, in all the, the bullying of school. But Yeah, well, uh, the big difference is it's not like in person as much anymore. It's all online now. Oh, yeah, and it's like constant. Yeah, it's it's um, only gotten worse. Where when we were growing up, you know, I mean, I'm sure you were bur- bullied. I know I was bullied. Uh, when I went home, you know, I was away from the bully. At least I got a little respite then, but not at not at school it was relentless and now with social media and all that shit it's just on all the time yeah yeah that's true things have changed quite a bit like uh that thing he's writing in the uh town square that looks a lot like the courthouse plaza in prescott surprisingly um that's called a skateboard for those of you who don't know 
They were really popular in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Did you? I, I don't remember if you ever had a skateboard, Mike. No, no. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me. That's right. That's right. That's right. She thought it was too dangerous. She thought I'd hurt. Yeah. She thought I'd hurt myself. She was right. I would have hurt myself. Dude, I hurt myself pretty good every now and then on on mine. Yeah, everyone I knew who had a skateboard hurt themselves. Uh, but I mean, I hurt myself on my bike a lot too. Yeah. So it's like you just trade one pain creating uh, vehicle to another. Dude, I still have scars from our mountain bike days, like on my arms and stuff from hitting trees. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, man! I have all kinds of stuff from from when we were real young. We made um, making ramps and stuff, and jumping, and always freaking falling. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm gonna make a ramp. All right, cool. And then you always fall. <laughs> so the the uh, the guitar opening scene, oh, man, classic. Like, like that. The, the, it's just like. It's so fun. You're like, oh, you can almost even anticipate that something's bad's gonna happen, because he like turns it up and like the way it's shot, it's perfect. And then just one strum. Yep, that's it. <laughs> like, and, and, then, and then the 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 answering machine, which is uh, what people call voicemail now, clicks on and it's Doc Brown saying, "I think there's something wrong. You might not want to, <laughs> might not want to listen." You know. Turn it on or yeah, something. Might, yeah, don't, don't use the power amp. There's something wrong. Yeah, it's or o- whatever. It's o- it might it might overload. <laughs> oh, he's all. Oh, are those all my clocks. Oh, they're working perfectly. They're 20 minutes late. Oh, yeah. You know, what? I think he was actually talking on the phone. I don't think he left a message. But anyways, yeah. But no, um, the intro. That's one thing that's kind of interesting. The intro of this film lays a lot of groundwork, like a lot of groundwork. There's newspaper articles. There's plutonium in there there's uh you know the brown mansion burned to the ground all kinds of stuff going on which uh we've talked about in a few of our other films but they did it very eloquently in this and uh it's very reminiscent for me of uh peewee's big adventure when the with the opening of that when he's making breakfast it's very similar to that oh yeah um I enjoy that this kind of shows that he's kind of a, a tinkerer or kind of a inventor in his own way as he tried to make his own little like um like feeding station for the dog and like just all this automatic stuff to make make coffee and stuff. Of course you see how everything's like in disrepair, but I thought it was really neat to just see that stuff in this like slow kind of pan of everything happening. I thought it was great. Well, he is an inventor. I mean, that's how he invented the time machine. He's been an inventor his whole life, a failed inventor. That's why he lost his family's fortune and the mansion burned to the ground and all this stuff. And then his one big hit is he can't tell anybody because it would literally change the face of the earth, which they find out just by one person going back in time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, so should we get to the bread and butter? Are you done reminiscing about uh, Back to the Future? Is there more parts you want to talk about? <sighs> I mean, there's so much that it could talk about. I mean, we could probably break it down scene by scene, Matt, but uh, no, let's... Uh, let's. Yeah, dude, we really probably could, because I love this movie. It's one of my favorites of all time. 
It, it's, I mean, it's inspired so much and inspired an entire novel that was turned into a film done by Steven Spielberg. I mean, how ironic is that? Yeah, that's fun. Granted, the the Ready Player One. Yeah, granted, it wasn't like a hundred percent this movie, but it was just pop culture f- focused, and uh, the novel is more about Star Wars and Back to the Future than just about anything else. So, <laughs> anyways, I just I love this movie all around. It's great, so much fun. It is. All right, Mike, go first. What you want me to give her my rating right now? Only if you want to. I mean, you don't have to give her a rating. Yeah, no, I'll go. I'll go. Matt, I'm going to give this five out of five reels. See, this is why we should have just like switched these around so that we could have like 15 in a row of ratings. Because, I mean, of course I'm giving this a five. I told you I was going to give it a five. I freaking love this movie. It's amazing. I mean, if you haven't seen this by now in your life, how dare you? And you're into movies or you're just an American, how dare you? <laughs> if you've not seen Back to the Future, it's un-American. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's uh, that's Matt at realfilmnerds.com. Yep. But remember, shitty selfies continue to go to Mike at realfilmnerds.com. He loves them. The shittier, the better. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, Okay, so we've already talked about it. Mike, next week, we're going to continue our Back to the Future summer retrospective with Back to the Future 2. Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling that stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and Thomas F. Wilson. What do you think? I feel like like you're... I think you're on the right direction. (laughs) This will be fun. Hey, it will, man. It'll be fun. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, everyone has seen Back to the Future, and this is just you reminiscing with us. But if you haven't, like Matt said, it pretty much is uh, American travesty that if you haven't seen it. So you need to watch it. It's on Netflix. You know someone who has a password if you don't have Netflix. Although you should have Netflix. But if you don't. You've got to know someone who has a password. Just go over to their house, hang out, watch a movie. Wait, hold on, Mike. Are you encouraging people to not social distance? What's wrong with you? Oh, no, social, social distance, you know, you know, make sure six feet, you know, like one person's on one recliner, another person's on another recliner, not anywhere close to each other. Uh, you know, they, they, they get some food from a restaurant uh but they don't touch the food like everything's completely the food was made by robots and then we just we'll be good should they get burger king um i don't know if that's robot made i mean i know they they have that grill that you just like put the meat on it and then it comes out and it's done uh the frame broiler or whatever you mean the meat that's not really meat cuz it's plant based well there's it's that goo. uh well, that's him. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I'm a goo man. Impossible burger. <laughs> you see that South Park? <laughs> yeah, you love that one, oh, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the oil man. You you love it because it's a rip on there will be blood. It's so good. I'm a goo man. <laughs> I love that one. It's so good. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. What do you think the South Parks this year are going to be about? Uh, I'm, I got to guess, probably like COVID-19. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> dude, I can't wait to see Cartman, Stan, and Kyle social distance. Oh, dude, you know Cartman is going to be like the one that's against like masks. And he's going to like start something some kind of like anti-mask liberation front or something it's gonna it's gonna be good it's gonna be real good yeah and it'll be the whole season they'll be building it up because they're all they have continuity now oh man it'll be fun yeah it will be fun well all right mike i don't have anything else other than go watch this movie enjoy it like the rest of us Yes, watch this movie. Uh, make sure to catch us on all the socials, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, the Grams. You know what? Maybe watch Back to the Future 2 with us next week, and then write in, email us, let us know your thoughts. We'll read them here on the pod if you, if you want, if we get anything. Okay. Sounds good, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, I think uh, with that, we'll let you guys get going back to your quarantining and uh, social distancing and uh, all that. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this movie and you enjoyed this pod. So catch us on the next one. And uh, in the meantime, go watch as many movies as you can. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Good morning, Magic 99.1. Who's this? What? You're not even going to guess this week? I am disappointed. <laughs> oh, it must be Matt Hinshaw from The Real Film Nerds podcast. Good morning, Maddie. How are you? See, that's cheating once you already heard my voice. <laughs> I, will you believe this? I do not have caller ID here at the station. I mean, I am living in the dark ages, Matt. So really, I, I didn't know. I was hoping, right, but I didn't know. You, for those of you who like to prank call, now you know where you can get away with it. It's calling the radio station. It's so true and so sad. So, so sad. How you doing, Matt? <laughs> I'm living the dream. How are you, Lisa? I'm right there next to you, buddy. I bet you watched something fun this weekend or, or last week. Yeah, well, um, me and my uh, nice, fun co-host, Mysterious Mike Talent, yes, that is not his Christian name, <laughs> we decided... We decided we need to watch something fun since everything is so terrible. Yeah. And so we watched uh, 1980s classics that is currently streaming on Netflix, uh, Back to the Future. Oh, Back to the Future. Back to the good old days, right? Exactly. Oh, yes. Definitely a classic for sure. Lisa, what do you think of Back to the Future? Because I'm sure you've seen it. Well, I've seen it. I only saw it once, though, because that's how I roll. One and done, buddy. But uh, what I can remember, it was very fun. Marty McFly, right? He was in that. Oh, yeah. One and done. That is horrible. I know. I watched it twice last week. Oh, my gosh. Just last week, I watched it twice. I have friends, Roger and Jana. They watch the same movie every night when they go to bed. I just can't imagine. There's just too much out there to watch anything more than once for me anyway. Oh, no, they need more variety. Yeah, no, yeah. well, but when it's this good of a movie, you got to watch it more than once. I mean, okay. you just got to. You know what? I did watch Jerry Maguire like six times and Top Gun like five. So I get it. I understand. 
Okay, all right, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Just not for the Jerry Maguire, but for the Top Gun, because okay. every I mean, Top Gun that's a great film. Yes, amazing film. Absolutely. Well, that's fun that you took a trip back to the future. Well, the interesting thing is, is we're going to do probably we haven't discussed it, but a retrospective where this week we're going to do one, next week we're going to do two, and maybe the week after we'll do three. Oh, I think you've got the time, Matt. Why not? Plenty of time, and I love the films. <laughs> right. So I, I'm just, I think you need to go watch it again, Lisa. I Especially think you're right. it's on Netflix. I think you're right. I think I will do that this week because I remember it being really fun. And there's so many references to it, especially now. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's an entire another show that is extremely loved by a large majority of pop culture that was inspired by Back to the Future. Okay, well, and there's three of them? There's three Back to the Futures? Yes, ma'am. There oh. are three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I need to. I need to get busy. You need to get on it. Excellent. So, how many reels do you give Back to the Future, Matt? I I absolutely love this movie. How can you not? It's Robert Zemeckis, Steven Spielberg involved. I believe George Lucas had a little bit of a hand in here. I mean, I I, I absolutely love this movie. It's incredible. It's a must see. It's a perfect five out of five. Five out of. Five! Oh my gosh! I don't think you've ever given a film a five on this show before. Uh, maybe I have, but it's probably a classic. Wow, that is awesome! Five out of five. I'm definitely, definitely going to revisit it and uh, refresh my memory. How's that? Refresh your memory. I like it. That works. <laughs> maybe you'll go back in time. Wouldn't that <laughs> now? Wouldn't that be nice? Just about two, three months. <laughs> that, would, that would be nice. That's what it really is. We're all just dreaming that we wish we had a time machine so right. that we can go back, back in time, with yep. all the knowledge we have today. Right? Amen. That would be great. That would be great, Matt. Let's look into the future. What do you think you'll watch for next week? Well, I, that's what I said. I think oh, we're yeah, probably going to do Back to the Future too. Yeah, right. right. Okay. Well, I'm well, not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent. We're going to, but I think that's what we're probably going to do. All right. I won't hold you to it, but I appreciate your review this morning. Five out of five. It doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. You guys, be sure to catch Matt's podcast. It's the Real Film Nerds. Thanks for calling in this morning, Maddie. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.